0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Standing by is the superb TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Chip Carey, who you can see tonight as the Cardinals take on the Rockies on Valley Sports seven fifteen game. Paul Goldschmidt bobblehead night at the ballpark. Chip, good morning. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Are you a
0: uh, bobblehead collector by any chance?
1: I'm not, actually. I'm not. I, I, in fact, I don't really keep a whole lot of that memorabilia stuff. I probably should. But uh, as many years as I've done big league games and all the bobbleheads they've given away, I probably need a bigger house. And I don't know if I want the one that's as big as I have now. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a bobblehead made of one chip carry?
1: Good Lord, no. I don't think they can afford to make the eyebrows.
0: Hey, I I got a kick out of the conversation. And for people that weren't tuned in last night, first of all, shame on you. But second of all, I was glad that you made the comp between Max Fried and Matthew Libertor. Can you talk about the, the timeline of Max Fried? Because people don't realize he's 30 years old now. How he became what he became?
1: Yeah, it was Max Fried and Zach Thompson, actually. Um, You know, Max was um, a guy that we got from San Diego. He had Tommy John surgery, we being the Braves, of course, back when I was in Atlanta. Uh, They made a bunch of deals with the Padres and brought him over. He was a number one pick. He pitched on the same team, the Jack and the Giolito out at Harvard Westlake High School in L.A. And uh, he was a guy that they brought into the system and very slowly, patiently let him heal from Tommy John. And then slowly built up his innings. He got to the major leagues, and he learned how to pitch out of the bullpen. He was a spot starter. He'd go three, four innings. They wouldn't stretch him out an awful lot, but he pitched out of the bullpen. Didn't pitch in a whole lot of high leverage situations, but pitched in the sixth or seventh inning of of three or four run league games, and then would occasionally get a chance to start. And as he got more and more comfortable with his arsenal, as his velocity ramped up, that curveball was always there uh he learned how to get guys out and all of a sudden turned into the monster that is the best pitcher on that uh brave staff and uh, when i saw zach thompson in the spring training when i saw his stuff his pitch mix uh, his size and obviously his handedness that's the first guy that immediately popped into my head and you know I, those aren't really fair comparisons because max is an established as you said 30 year old guy and zach is starting to learn how to do this up here uh but i just thought it was an intriguing comp and a guy that reminded me of what max was and who knows maybe uh uh, Zach will turn into that same kind of pitcher with the same kind of uh, pitch arsenal. Well, going back to Matthew Liberatore, that was a very rough second inning for him, but he was able to stabilize a little bit after that. What do you think about their approach with him for the rest of the season? Do they just continue to let him work through this stuff, especially as you're trying to figure out this starting rotation for next year? I think so. I think that's the wisest course of action. And it's a real thing when you're a young guy getting to the major leagues. The first thing you think about is okay, I'm here. And then it's the next thing is okay, what do I have to do to stay? And when you make a spot start here and there, or you're pitching inconsistently out of the bullpen, You always wonder day-to-day, okay, if I have a bad game, am I going back to AAA or worse? And I think for Matthew, it's a confidence thing. Uh, The Cardinals, I think, as we all know, are looking for pitching for next year. This is an opportunity for Dakota Hudson, for Zach Thompson, for Matthew Libertor, for JoJo Romero, for all of those young guys or younger guys to show what they've got and show what they can do and at least plant the seed in the heads of the Cardinals front office and manager that hey I belong in the conversation at least for next year you're right it was one bad inning for Matthew two homers But other than that, he pitched a reasonably good ball game. So that's an encouraging step forward for him. And with his stuff, again, a guy that throws 95 with a big curveball, there's no reason why he can't be successful up here. He just has to have success and keep building on it, I think.
0: Chip, the Cardinals are 11 games back in the division, 14 games under five hundred. Obviously, the players still believe that there's an opportunity until there's not an opportunity. But what are some realistic expectations, and and what do you want to see from them for the rest of 2023 going into twenty-four?
1: Uh, you, we've touched on it a little bit. Pitching growth. The Cardinals have got to pitch. They've got to pitch better. They've got to get more depth in the pitching staff. I think they need veteran starters. We've talked a lot about swinging this stuff. I think that's something they're definitely going to pursue. Sonny Gray, who pitched against the Cardinals last night, how good would he look at a Cardinal uniform? I'm not uh, I'm not tampering. I'm just dreaming. <laughs> the, guy, the guy was really, really good. And that's the kind of stuff that I think uh, you know, a top-of-the-rotation guy kind of looks like. And, and that's something the Cardinals uh, are definitely going to need. Secondly, growth from the young players. Uh, You want to see Nupar continue to uh, develop his power and his patient approach at the plate and catch everything in the outfield. Jordan Walker, we know he's going to hit. We know he's going to... Uh, have his good offensive moments, how much more comfortable and instinctive does he look in the outfield? Where does Tommy Edmond fit in? Nolan Gorman, can he stay healthy, get the back and the foot healthy, and stay in the lineup and put together big offensive and defensive numbers down the stretch? And more importantly, I think, keep the veteran guys engaged. Aronado and Goldschmidt are such pros, pros. They didn't expect to have a kind of year like this. I think how they approach these final 50-odd games or so is going to be really, really important. And I expect nothing but true professionalism from the two of them because uh, when you have a down year, you need your leaders to lead. And I know that they're going to do that. So those are things that, that I personally will look forward to watching.
0: You talked about Jordan Walker and his growth in the outfield. The Cardinals had been taking him out in late inning, late in games and in late innings. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think he needs to just continue to get those reps? I know they want to give some other guys opportunities, but aren't those reps as important as other guys getting those
1: opportunities? I, I think it depends on the situation. If you have a chance to win the game, you want to win the game first. Like if it's Adam Wainwright, uh, because there are other things in play. Adam's pitching tonight. You've got a 3-1 game, and you've got some speed guys up there for Colorado, and uh, Adam's got a chance to win the game. you got to put your all-hands in outfield out there, mm-hmm. don't you, to try to help him win the game. The Cardinals, as you said, are still trying to be competitive in the division, still have not yet been eliminated, and crazier things have happened. Uh, the first goal is to win the game, and if the pattern has been to pull him uh, in a close game late for your best uh, defensive outfield, I think you've got to stick with that until uh, you don't really have a chance to do anything. Maybe it's pie in the sky, but I, I like what Miles Michael has said. It, the, the best way to approach this from a mental standpoint is we're still alive until we're not. And uh, if that's the case, you've got to play the game to, to try to win it, not develop uh, entirely, I think.
0: Okay, Chip, as a lifelong baseball observer then along these lines, you've got a 4-2 lead, you've got a runner at second in the ninth inning. Newt Bar, Carlson, and Edmund. Who do you want playing center field for you?
1: Uh, Tommy Edmond. I think Tommy's our best center fielder. Uh, he is. Uh, he he uh, looks terrific out there. Uh, I like. Uh, I like Dylan. And uh, you can put Dylan in left. You can put Newt Bar in right. He's got a strong arm. Uh, but I think the way Tommy goes and gets the ball in center, it's so instinctive. His first step is so quick. We've seen him make great plays uh all summer long uh i think defensively as the team is constructed right now edmund center is your your best defensive center fielder you're definitely going to ruffle some feathers with that one chip because people have a lot of feelings on that but i also just want to ask you real quick because of the trade deadline this uh this week earlier this week what were your takeaways from it it's always hard seeing guys go but what do you think about some of the prospects that they got in return I, I, you know, I, I, I love it when people say, "Oh, the team A won this deal and team B lost this deal." We don't know the answer to that. And The example I gave on the broadcast the other night was uh, the guy that closed for the Twins. He was a throw-in in the deal that sent Eduardo uh, uh, Escobar to uh, Arizona five years ago. It took him three years to work through the twin system. He got to the big leagues last year. And now he's their closer throwing 103 miles an hour. We don't know. Uh, I think John Moselock and Randy Flores and, and Michael Gersh did an excellent job of acquiring pitching depth. The uh, metrics look good on these guys. The statistics look good on these guys. They're, they're strike throwers. They're strikeout guys. Now, whether that continues as they make their way into double A AA and triple A in the major leagues, only time is going to tell. But they addressed a glaring need that the Cardinals had, and that was pitching depth and not just pitch-to-contact guys, but guys that have the potential to develop into big swing-and-miss guys. And if they pan out, great. And as I've said before, in Atlanta at least, when they would draft and develop and trade for pitchers, they said for every 10 you've got, one's going to make it. So you've got to buy in bulk, and that's what the Cardinals did. And we'll see how it works out. And as far as Jack and Montgomery and uh, Cabrera and, uh, and Jordan Hicks, All of those guys were free agents. All of those guys had terrific Cardinal careers. There's no rule that says that St. Louis can't try to sign the back. But they get a chance to compete for a playoff spot and increase their value. So, ultimately, it really was a win-win situation in a disappointing season for St. Louis.
0: Chip, you called your shot the other night when Jordan Walker came to the plate and hit a home run. You got any predictions for us tonight?
1: Uh, I think Adam Wainwright's going to get a win tonight. Uh, He's pitched really well. Uh, He's pitched really well his last two starts. Uh, I I really think that um, Adams' on a mission. The Cardinals really want to help him accomplish this goal and this milestone. Offense has not been the problem for St. Louis. I think they're going to get him some runs tonight against a Rockies team that's in perpetual rebuild and historically. Has not been a very good team on the road, so hopefully the Cardinals can jump out, give Adam four or five to play with. He can pitch deep in the game on a muggy night, wear these guys down, and move a step closer to 200 tonight.
0: And finally, in addition to being a terrific broadcaster, Chip Carey is a great businessman. I noticed last night you mentioned that Drew Goodman, the Rockies broadcaster, has a palatial penthouse suite on the road. I'm sure that that's part (laughs) of your deal on the road, right? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's all 50 square feet on the road. And if I'm lucky, I get, they give me a window.
0: <laughs> Chip, we always appreciate your time. It was good to see you earlier this week, by the way, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for the time, and have a great weekend against the Rockies. We'll be
1: tuned in. Sounds great, guys. Enjoy your weekend as well.
0: See you later. That's uh, the great Chip Carey joining us on 101 ESPN.